Hey, welcome to Snowbird Nation, a lifestyle connection of resources to designing lives. What is a snowbird, you ask? Well, a snowbird is a person who travels south or west during the winter months in order to escape northern weather and obtain partial relief from the high cost of northern area taxes. So snowbirding is that act of traveling and living part of the year and spending part of the time in southern and western areas to enjoy the beautiful climate and all the south and west has to offer, while at the same time avoiding the harsh polar vortex that may be coming in the winter weather of the north. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, podcast, YouTube, Vimeo, and elsewhere, for we are Snowbird Nation, and I am the voice of Snowbird Nation, Mike Searcy. Snowbird Nation is divided into two segments per episode. Segment one is dedicated to education and opportunity for you or those of you who want to learn more about snowbirding. Segment two is dedicated to those of you visiting the Valley of the Sun, whether you're visiting now for a number of months or a short vacation with us here in Arizona. We're going to go over what exciting events are happening as well as cover the real estate market numbers to date. So you will want to stick with us on today's show. Segment one starts right now on Snowbird Nation. Welcome into the program. This is Jason Stansel and, of course, your host, Mike Searcy. This is Snowbird Nation, episode number four. Excited to have you guys with us. And, Michael, for the first time in the first episode, number four, we have some guests. Why don't you enlighten us on who is sitting at the table today? Well, we do have a couple of guests with us today. And I will tell you that I am really pleased to uh, discuss and introduce uh, both... Uh, Debbie Rogers and David Bombacci with the lawyer's title. And I'm going to go ahead and first off, uh, before we get into it, that conversation with them, I need to talk about something that's really exciting for us right up front. Jason, get this. I'm listening. We have a feature sponsor. We do. We have a feature sponsor today, and we are starting with, right now announcing today's show is feature sponsored by the Selling AZ Homes team on my home group division, nice. a real estate team that is specifically geared toward dealing with snowbirds here in the Valley. Awesome. Well, this is what we're looking for, Mike, and if you guys want to become a sponsor, we can give you some more information at the end of the show on how you can actively participate in Snowbird Nation. So a big thanks to the Selling uh, AZ team. Of course, we pitched it in the last three episodes. If you are coming in and you do need an agent, we know the exact agent to use. And of course, the guests that we have on the other side of this whole coin are the ones that will have happen to transact whatever we're doing. And so let's go ahead and talk about who's here and why. So today we have uh, a couple of individuals from Lawyer's Title here, and I've invited them in primarily because my parents are snowbirds. And my parents just recently bought a new house both in Illinois, and they're currently looking for one here in Arizona. When we start that, though, a couple of things to note. My parents haven't bought a house in over 35, 40 years. So this is a new thing for them. Having said that, one of the things they came back and told me was, it's not like buying a house 35 years ago. The process is different or at least confusing when we talk about finances and everything else. And I said to my, my mom and dad at that point, I said, wait till you try shifting from state to state. All right. 
And so one of the things we wanted to talk about is what is the difference between buying a house in Illinois, which, by the way, is an attorney state, and buying a house in Arizona, which is something very, very different. The wild, wild west, Michael. That's what we call it. The wild, wild west. (laughs) So having said all of that, I'm going to throw this first question at you, David Bombacci, and just tell us, what's the difference between a title state and attorney state? Well, in attorney state, you have a roundtable, what they call a roundtable closing. Buyers, sellers, agents, and attorneys, uh, they all interact at the same time. They sign documents at the closing table. They disperse keys. They disperse funds. So in, a, in a, an attorney state, everybody's together. In Arizona, you have a real estate uh, transaction. A buyer comes in to sign paperwork by themselves with their agent. And the seller comes in at a separate time with their agent. Um, completely different than it is there in, in um, other states uh, where you have a, an attorney state. Funds are dispersed at the table. Uh, in Arizona, you have to record first, and then funds are dispersed after recordation. I have to share just a little, a little brief episode here. When I asked the attorney who was working on my mom and dad's uh, purchase, I said, so do we have to wait to record uh, with the county before they could get their keys? The attorney started laughing hysterically. (laughs) And I said, what's so funny? They said, it could take up to 10 weeks to record here in Illinois. Really? They said, it's not something that happens right away. We send it in, it gets put on a pile, and they'll get to it when they get to it. Wow. Uh That's the beauty of moving to Phoenix, Arizona. There you go. So I think there's pros and cons to everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that... Being in Arizona, not that it's any better than Chicago, not to impugn you, sir. I've been a native of Arizona for 40 years, so mm-hmm. I can say that. Mm-hmm. We do have a little bit smoother transactions. Yes. Yes. Uh, once it's uh, recorded, funds are usually dispersed on the same day. Mm-hmm. So we fund and record a lot of times. Funding is with your lender, provides funds to the title company. And uh, we disperse funds on the same day. We record. Once it's recorded, we disperse funds, and keys are then exchanged. So the seller doesn't have to wait for the money? No. And why don't we introduce David and uh, Debbie right now. Who are you guys with, and what do you do? So let's let's bring in the experts so we can give some clout to what we're talking about. <laughs> well, this is Dave Bombach. I'm a lawyer's title. I'm a senior escrow officer there. Been in the business 35 years. So I've started at the beginning from the ground up, and uh, I've been in every aspect, title, escrow, Starting from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm Debbie Rogers, and uh, I've been in sales and marketing for 34 years, and I've actually been repping for Dave for, I think it's 18 or 19 years this year. Yeah. So uh, we've been working together for a really long time, and I feel very blessed because I go out and meet e- uh, agents and work with them, help them get buyers and seller leads and that, and then once they put the contract together, then... I hand him over to Dave, and he takes care of all the technical side of it. And I've seen this man work miracles over the years. Uh, you know, back in the uh, short sale days, he would close three-legged transactions, you know, where there was there was like a first, a second, and a third, and get it cleared. Oh, I remember still, those. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. my gosh, it was a challenging time, but he truly worked miracles. And he's worked with trusts, and he works with attorneys, and he can handle foreclosures and all kinds of stuff. That Probates. Yeah. Yeah, that's another big thing. Oh, that's good. You and I will talk about that outside of the podcast because awesome. that's my Great. history is probate and auction. So, okay. Debbie, let's talk about that a little bit further. When you say you rep him, what does that really mean? Because you're not the actual escrow officer that's right. doing the transaction. Nope. You're the one who's putting all the pieces together and getting them to the right guy. Right. So my life purpose is enthusiastically connecting people. <laughs> 
Love that. Seriously. I love and so that. look at what I get that to do so every day for a living. Right? I get to meet realtors who I love and work with and match them up with my escrow people because I just know they're going to match really well, just like I did with Michael and Dave here. Mm-hmm. And it's been perfect from the beginning. I mean, they just know how to work together and that. And so that's, I guess, my gift is so I was helping Michael with some open house things and, you know, different ideas to get more buyers and sellers and then i said hey dave's going to take care of all the technical side of it and he took it from there and here we are so let's talk about lawyers titles specifically you guys have been home there for quite a while mm-hmm. so what is it about lawyers title david i'll start with you that really makes you feel comfortable and knows you're serving your clients in the best possible way well lawyers title is a fortune 500 company it's been around for a super long time we've got a uh uh, great staff at our office and our title department and escrow. We're the escrow department. We have a fabulous title department and we have management that uh, is really behind us and backs us in everything we do. Yeah, Vince B. Miller is our president and uh, Mark Walker is our county manager, county one of the manager. county managers. Yeah. So that's um, not really. Right. <laughs> Probably not the technical term. But yeah, he's vice president right. of. Well, you've got a good staff behind you, so that's all. We've got a good staff behind us, and and everybody that we have has been working in the title industry for a long time. So there's a lot of knowledge in our. We have a lot of tools, a lot of technology, and things to help our realtors. You know, and we just have a really great team of people. We have branches all over the valley that you know we can help each other out with signings and things, and it's just it's just a great company. So to bring it full circle to Snowbird Nation, you guys have obviously been in the valley for a long time. As I just mentioned, I'm a native, so. How have you seen the influx of snowbirds over the last 10 years? We know that 268 people a day are moving to Arizona statistically. And out of that full-time moves, we're seeing Arizona, Florida. We talked about it, Texas, Nevada, California. The top five states that Mm -hmm. people are moving to in a snowbird-type migration. No pun intended, but it absolutely was. (laughs) Right. What are you seeing in Arizona, especially in your business over the last 10 years, in regards to the migrants coming in? Uh, for me, I'm going to say probably about 25%, uh, maybe 30% of the escrows that we're getting in are coming from people from out of state. Oh, that's for huge. New, that's yeah, huge. new ones. They wow, I would have never in. thought it would be that high. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, right now, from what I'm opening personally, I'm probably getting about 20 to 30% uh, people moving here from, a lot of people from California are coming mm-hmm. to Arizona. Yeah. And uh, that's mainly what I'm seeing is people from California right now coming into uh, mm-hmm. to Arizona. Why is that? Uh, because they're selling their home in California for a heck of a lot of money, and they're <laughs> paying cash out here Getting a, lot. a whole lot more home down oh here. Gosh. Isn't yes. that crazy? Because you know, we touched on that, I think, in the first episode. In fact, one of the things... that was a state that was moving here, but it is. And one of the things that's, is a term we coined, cross-snowbirding. And, <laughs> that's right. And, that's and, right. And, and it is, because we're getting a lot of people coming in from California, mm-hmm. if for any other reason than the high cost of living, the high taxes, the smog, and the fires that are coming in annually. People want out. Yeah. And what better place to come than Arizona mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. They sell their house. I've, I've met with real estate agents over there, and when I tell them that I own a 3,600-square-foot home and, you know, about 400000 $425,000 worth, they're like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? You have right. 36... Yeah, I have six bedrooms and three baths, right. you know? They, they have, have no idea what that in means. In a big backyard, right. and they're just like, oh, my gosh, that's wonderful. So... 
Yeah, you get I think a lot. that is the number one reason. Yeah. That's interesting because I was in Litchfield Park for a long time. Mm. You know, way out in the West Valley. Oh, wow. I know you guys yeah. are around 67th Avenue, in Bell. Peoria 101, yep. so 67th yeah. Avenue in Bell, yeah. so in the Peoria area. Yeah, I obviously rep in, service. I rep in Goodyear too. So, so I'm you rep in Goodyear, so you know what kind of house you can get out there. And yeah, oh we gosh. were fortunate enough to buy it. You know, back in 2009 when everything yeah. was going down. Mm-hmm. And, it was a California buyer after my divorce that came in and bought the property, and it was uh, you know six figures more than what we paid for it. Yeah. And I think people are getting wise to that. Mm-hmm. And it's a home that you couldn't even touch anywhere in California, in California yeah. even yep. if we were in uh, Reseda. I mean, right. yeah, we don't have to be somewhere nice <laughs> right. in California. We're certainly right. not in L.A. Mm-hmm. So it's very amazing to see that cross-snowboarding type situation. I yeah. love that. Yes. Awesome. One of the other things that um, I have found as far as a difference goes between, uh, say, buying a house in Illinois versus buying a house in Arizona is the idea of writing an earnest money check that isn't to the realtor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do it different here. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, most uh, on every transaction we get, we have an earnest deposit. And customarily, as a title company, we contact the buyer and have them, well, either write us a check or get a cashier's check and we have a courier pick it up to open escrow so that's pretty common now it used to be a difference but for over the last probably five years now we on every transaction we contact the buyer and get information and and pick up their earnest deposit that goes along with their contract with their contract is deposited with uh Lawyer's title. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things that I've noted is I was I've been working with um, snowbirds coming in and looking at homes, and then they they'll say, "Well, I want to write a contract. I want to write an offer on this particular property." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Great, let's go ahead and start putting that together." And the first thing that a lot of them are doing are pulling out their checkbook, and they're like, "Well, do I make it out to your real estate company?" Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at them like, "Make what out?" What are you talking about? They used to do that, didn't they, Dave, back in the like 80s and 90s? Oh, a that lot was of definitely real estate before my companies. time, because I've yeah. never heard of that either. Yeah, uh, they, they had trust funds. They would have money held with oh, a real estate brokerage and a trust and, fund. And, and that's common in, in Illinois right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But we they, haven't yeah, they, they haven't, probably time. haven't done that in 20 years Yeah, and that yeah. I've seen. Mm-hmm. And so what often happens is I'm getting one of two reactions. Yeah. Um, I'm getting the reaction of, um, I'm sorry, you don't want any money. And I'll look at them and go, no, actually, I don't want any money from you until we have an accepted offer. And now they're looking at me really puzzled. Yeah. Because it's very customary just to write a check with the offer mm-hmm. to say, here's the check. If you accept this, then I'm going to hand this check over to you, the listing agent, who's going to put it in the listing agent's oh. uh, agent broker's trust account and oh, hold wow. it toward the closing. Right. Whereas here... It, one of the interesting interesting things is that people will not write an offer. I mean, when we write the offer, we're going to write it. But we want to have, in this case, proof of funds, meaning we're going to need that. And we talked about this in a previous show, that ticket to the show. Mm-hmm. And that ticket to the show is one of two things. Either it's a PDF uh, uh, available that shows that you're going to pay cash for the property. And in that PDF, you're going to show me that your name is on the account and that there's enough funds in there to cover the cost of the purchase. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to actually have met with a loan officer who is familiar with how Arizona works, and specifically the AAR, the Arizona Association of Realtors, pre-qualification form, and they will have interviewed you, pre-qualified you for a loan, and filled out that form to give to the realtor to basically say, we are going to back this up based on everything we've talked about. They're good for the money. We're going to give them the loan. Mm-hmm. Whereas once that's now accepted by the that offer is now accepted by the seller, then 
as Dave was just talking about, then the title, the escrow company is going to go seeking the money. Very right. different way of doing it. Uh, yeah. In Chicago, you mean. In Chicago yeah. and well, in Illinois, yeah. And the beauty is that we're um, title companies are third-party disinterested, right? So we're not in favor of anyone. We're an equal partner to everyone. So that's why mm-hmm. your money is safe with us, you know. So. And, and just for clarification, when you say disinterested, you mean neutral. Neutral, yes. Yeah, you know, I've never yeah. heard that put that way. That is really well. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a party to anyone, neutral. Right. Yeah. neutral to everyone. That's yes. really, really right. good. And, of course, Michael, what we'll do is we'll have their information on the members page of our site. So if you guys are not a member of Snowbird Nation, we'll give you all that information at the end of the program on how to do that. So let me shift gears a little bit this time of year because this is when we see a lot of snowbirds migrate to Phoenix Mm -hmm. uh, or the surrounding areas. Uh, How is it for you guys in the title business as far as workflow goes right now? Is it slowing down? Is it speeding up? What does November, December, January look like? Uh, November, December, and January slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's really depends on uh, where you're at. I mean, Sun City seems to pick up a little bit more right now. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and your residential resale is a little bit slower for the next couple of months. And then once we get past January, it usually starts picking up again. But it's it's actually locational, I should say, where a lot of the retirement community areas seem to be mm-hmm. uh, doing better at this point than... Uh, your regular residential areas. Right. If people close now or write yeah. a contract, they're serious. They have right. to close because of a job move or something. Right. Or because of tax purposes right. for the end of the year. Of the so year. we are seeing this. And we do have some great retirement communities. You mentioned Sun City, Sun City Grand, Sun City West. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then in the East Valley, we've got some pretty incredible ones as well. Yes. So if snowbirds are down and they're they're maybe vacation rentaling, trying to find out what they want to do, we touched on this in the last episode. This is when they are the serious ones that want to make sure that the next time they come down for the six months or whatever it is, they'll have their forever migration home in place. Yes. So it's interesting to see that dichotomy between the ones that are just kind of playing around in right. November, December, yep. or the ones that you know you're going to actually do transactions with, right. and it kind of sticks out uh, very well. But right now, inventory-wise, and you guys are hearing this from your agents, right? It's still a seller's market. What yes. are you guys getting on that side? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing very much so. It's a seller's market out there right now. Yeah, we have lots of buyers and, and not enough listings. Yes, a lot really? of buyers and multiple offers on uh, on most properties. I'm hearing from agents that mm-hmm. they you know, had put in a couple of different offers, and there was six, seven, eight offers Is that what you're at the same time. Is that what you're Michael? Absolutely. Yeah. You got it. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting because if you have somebody that is serious on a snowbird-type tip and they're coming down to do this uh, – recommending that they definitely get pre-qualified. I mean, what would you recommend? Because as you just mentioned, kind of a disinterested third-party person. I love this. Neutral. Neutral's better. Love this. (laughs) Love that firm. I'm going to use it forever now. So this is so good because you don't have one, you know, you don't have a dog in the fight, so to speak. That's right. But... What what do you recommend? I mean, do they get with a mortgage broker now? They I mean, definitely have to get with an agent. I mean, that's want, we know that. You want to have an agent. You want to have uh, uh, an aggressive agent. You want yeah. to have a mortgage company that's uh, going to back you up and pre-qual you. The better and stronger you have, the I have several friends that are in the real estate company that do listings. And they always tell me, we're going to take the strongest offer. Mm-hmm. So if you have a buyer that's got a prequal letter, oh, there you go. they got all the proof, right. and uh, they come in with this strong offer. Those are the ones that are going to um, usually get the, get the contract get the and, yeah. and get the deal uh, done. So you definitely want to make sure when you go into it, you have all your ducks in a row. Your prequal letter with your mortgage company, mm-hmm. and uh, you have your real estate agent with you, and you're ready to go on it. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, at Snowbird Nation, if you are a member, we have all the information on how you can connect with all of these people that are in our private group. And of course, they are vetted and trusted, and you can hear them on national radio and uh, syndicated radio, as well as our podcast. So, guys, this is great. You've been listening to Snowbird Nation with your host, Mike Searcy. To find out how you can become a member, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Snowbird Nation. Simply click on Become a Patron to join. You'll receive private investment opportunity, exclusive content, monthly news, and real-time industry updates. Join us every week right here on Snowbird Nation. Here is your real estate market update for the Valley of the Sun here in Arizona for the third week in November. Today we start with Sun City. Sun City is a strong seller's market with houses listing currently at $147 a square foot and condominiums currently listing on average of $129 a square foot with a house median list price of $235,000 and an average day on market 47. Condominiums are currently listing at a median list price of $153,000 with an average day on market of 43. For Scottsdale, the snapshot zip code we are looking at today is 85260, which is roughly the area around Frank Lloyd Wright and the 101. Here we are looking at a strong seller's market with houses listing currently at $261 a square foot and condominiums listing at an average of $227 a square foot. The median list price for houses in this area is $750,000 with an average day on market of 72 and the median list price for condominiums is $334,900 with an average day on market of 72. In Phoenix, we are looking at the snapshot of zip code 85023 with an, a strong seller's market. Here, the list prices of houses are averaging $177 a square foot, and the list prices of condominiums are averaging $139 a square foot, although it is to be noted that the inventory for condominiums are very low, so we need to take that into consideration for our samples. The median list price for houses in this area is $335,000 with an average day on market of 77 and the median list price for condominiums is $149,750 with an average day on market of 28. In Glendale, we are looking at the snapshot of zip code 85310, which again is a very strong seller's market where we have houses listing for an average of $173 a square foot. The current current median list price for houses here is $379,900 with an average day on market of 73. There are no condos to report for this time period and thus no numbers to report uh, for condominiums in 85310. These, indi- these numbers do indicate a couple of things. Number one, it is a strong seller's market throughout the valley and we are low on sales inventory. So it is a good time for sellers who are interested in offloading properties and getting a return on their investment at this moment. We are still in a trend of appreciation with respect to prices, and they look like they will continue to go up for the foreseeable future. Welcome back to segment number two here in Snowbird Nation, and today is November 22nd. We are right around the corner from, well, we're actually in, Michael, the holiday stretch here. so That we are. Thanksgiving is close, but this weekend, family's in town. There's a lot going on. What should we be doing? Well, not only families, but of course, we 
we're in town. And that's that's, right. that's what's amazing because, let's face it, I'm already hearing lots of stories about snow in the Midwest. Oh, good Lord. Look at that polar vortex that you like it's to talk about. Its Is it way? on us? It's on its, it's way. Here. It's here. And, you know, and meanwhile... I'm out here in sunny Arizona having to go outside every morning and shovel the sunshine off my walk. You got your your uh, sun tires on, right, Mike? I do, absolutely. Okay. Good. Yep. Good. Yep. I want to make sure. Got Arizona air in the tires and uh-huh. everything. Arizona air, that's right. Uh-huh. Yep. Hey, let's talk about this weekend, though. This weekend, uh, there's a couple things I want to I want to hit on. The first is, this is the weekend, November 23rd, that's tomorrow, Saturday, for the Gilbert Half Marathon and 10K. And this is a big event in Arizona, and of course, with the weather so good, it brings out the athletic prowess of a lot of people. Michael, I will tell you, I will not be at that marathon tomorrow. I will not be running because I don't jog rapidly, and I barely walk. So just so you know, you won't see me there, but it will be a good time. Well, this is going to be the 24th or the 25th. I don't remember uh, which one specifically, but this is run by the uh, Shun the Sun Foundation. Okay, it's a five hundred one c three nonprofit. Raises mm-hmm. money to build. Get this shade structures and also educate the community on skin cancer awareness and prevention. Which is much needed down here. While the polar vortex is icing everybody in, we talk about how to shield the sun. Isn't that wild? And it you is, know what? It's a dichotomy. I've never had anybody complain about having to put their boots on and trudge through the sun in Arizona. I've never heard that as well. 40 years living in this state, nobody's ever said that to me. So You know, and one of the greatest things here, um, if you are interested in going out for the half marathon, let me go ahead and tell you, you find it at the GilbertHalfMarathon.org website. And alternatively, they're also going to have a bit of a festival of sorts afterwards. Once you get past the finish line and that's all done, it's a health fair. Sure. So you're going to have a number of vendors and things that are going to be doing things specific to uh, health-oriented foods and the like. So it's it's going to be great. Uh, if you get the opportunity and you want to get some sun, heck, if you want to run, that's really the time to go out and go do that. Well, it's the great thing about what we do, and you know the Rock and Roll Marathon originated here in Arizona. So all the cities, and being a snowbird transferring to Arizona, whether it's Gilbert, Tempe, Phoenix, Scottsdale, we have so much to do in each individual city, and the valley is growing at such a rapid pace. You couldn't fill your itinerary with more stuff if you tried. Let me give you one of those constant itinerary fillers right now. Please do. This last week, I had the opportunity of visiting the Phoenix Art Museum just downtown. Oh, I haven't been in a while. Want to go? Oh, it's amazing, and it, it's always, always a good time. Okay. There are two exhibits I went specifically to see, and those two exhibits I just got the greatest joy out of. The first one was what we call the Legends of Speed exhibit. Uh-huh. The Legends of Speed is an exhibit where they have all of these historical race car champions. Okay. So all the actual race cars from Daytona, Indy, blah, 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 and, you know, throughout the ages practically, they have all of the original winners. 
Amazing. If you're, you know, this is one of those things that you might call a constant and continual car show. And I know there's an awful lot of people coming from the Midwest and other places who are always into car shows. And we have a lot down here, so this just adds to the fun. So let's talk car show, constant, immediate, and almost your own private viewing. Because one of the interesting things about the uh, uh, Phoenix Art Museum is that you can find off hours uh, where they're not always so crowded, right. which I appreciate. I, you know, I, I would love to. I love to go to these museums when they're. You know, I'm not having to stand in this long crowd and this long line just to see the art. I've been to those, and the Phoenix Art Museum can get like that. Right. But this is one of those where if you're into cars. This is a great opportunity to kind of jump in at. I love that. I think that people should definitely take advantage of that. That's a great one. That particular exhibit is going to actually be there through March 15th. Oh, that's great. So we've got lots of time. We've got time to see it. Go. So fit it into your schedule when you are down here in the Valley and make plans to hit the Phoenix Art Museum. Make a day of it. There's a lot more than just that particular exhibit, of course. But at the same time, there's also a cafe. It's called the, um, the Palette. Okay. And the Palette Cafe has some of the most amazing farm-to-table food really? that, that I have had in a long time. Plus, you can get a nice glass of wine there and everything else, but it's got some I wonderful... I had no idea that they had upgraded the Phoenix Art Museum to that. It has been much longer than I thought. <laughs> it's beautiful. My oldest is now 15. I think he was 8 the last time we were there. So. Okay. Okay. So this is good information. Happy to hear about it. One other exhibit I really want to talk about. Please do. Okay. This one is also called Who Are Our... Uh, what, what is it called? The um, Firefly Exhibit is what I'm going to call it for short because I don't remember the actual name. I'm sitting here struggling for it, okay. and I don't recall. So let's go ahead and call it the Firefly Exhibit. Okay. What is it? Tell me about this. Okay. So it's set up in a room on the third floor of the, uh, of the art museum. You go on up there, and there is this room in the middle of, of, of this huge hall, but the room is completely enclosed. And you kind of, kind of walk a couple around, around a couple of walls and stuff, kind of a little bit of a, a maze to get there. And as you walk in, the actual uh, atmosphere gets blacker than black. Okay. So it's darker than night, and it actually takes your eyes a couple of moments specifically to even adjust to what you're walking into. But and and we're walking into complete darkness. Then all of a sudden, as your eyes adjust, you start to realize that. There in front of you are all these speckles of light throughout the entire blackness of the room. Okay. And it is as if you just walked into the night sky completely surrounded by fireflies and lightning bugs. I love that. Absolutely love that. It it is almost a serene, meditative, calming effect just walking into the room once you start to – you adjust and you kind of look around. And all of a sudden, your whole body just has a tendency to go – Oh, that sounds like a blast. It was great. Think about how much of us need that release (laughs) and that de-stressor. What a genius exhibit from the Phoenix Art Museum. How long do we have to see that one? December 31st. You've only got a month. Oh, and of course, they're going to do that right through the holiday period. But I think that that one now might elevate to the front of the list before we go see the race car uh, exhibit because I definitely don't want to miss that. In fact, we are going to catch that 
Tomorrow is the 23rd, and of course there's a lot going on. And as members, we encourage you to go get into the members' notes. If you've not signed up by now, you will know the information at the end of this podcast. And we've got some behind-the-scenes stuff from both David and Debbie that uh, they've given us their information. And there are some discounts if you fall under the categories. And I know a lot of you are investors, which is why you're moving down here to pick stuff up. So we strongly, strongly recommend, Michael, if you're not a member, you become one right now. And let's go ahead and say, from the voice of Snowbird Nation, thank you for all of your support. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll see you next time on Snowbird Nation. You've been listening to Snowbird Nation with your host, Mike Searcy. To find out how you can become a member, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Snowbird Nation. Simply click on Become a Patron to join. You'll receive private investment opportunity, exclusive content, monthly news, and real-time industry updates. Join us every week right here on Snowbird Nation.